welcome to the labyrinth my guest today is probably the world's most famous tailor he is none other than mr roshan melwani of sam's tailor hong kong i'm going to ask a lot of uh, juicy and controversial questions because i have plenty of consent so roshan welcome to the labyrinth pratham thank you for having me on the labyrinth um i i think i definitely am the most famous tailor uh on the planet uh I I I would challenge anybody anyone listening anyone watching to tell me who was the most famous tailor before me can they actually name one I think I have put tailoring on the map uh in every single ways I I I've infected everybody young people people of your age people older than me everywhere globally and I can touch on that more um but I I appreciate your resounding introduction uh yes even without asking me I think you know you have plenty of consent to ask me whatever you want Uh, I'm a great conversationalist, and I believe in giving my audience and the person who requests the interview all of me. So go for it. Yeah. So that's the interesting thing about you. You asked me an interesting question earlier. Who's the famous tailor before you? I I have no idea. I don't know the name of any other tailor. When it comes to chefs, you can say. I mean, I can say Gordon Ramsay. I can well, say this. That's the first that one person. on everybody's mind. Yes, it's Gordon Ramsay. That's the name that he made for himself. When you say celebrity chef, everybody on the planet thinks Gordon Ramsay first, whether they can name him or not. That's the one that comes into their mind. Right, right. Uh, so th- that's the unique thing about you. I think the reason why you. were able to put tailoring uh, on the map is because you got into social media a lot of tailors are just quietly sitting in their uh, offices in their workplaces and you know doing their stuff whereas you really came out and uh, made tailoring interesting well i think now that i know i i'm i know that every tailor on the planet is using social media aggressively okay they playing catch up but they doing the wrong thing okay so first let's talk about social media i'm a very early adopter so in 2007 the first form of social media as we know it now was facebook which was made when i say 2007 it was made available publicly in its early stages only available at harvard and then the ivies then at certain universities then at all universities so only by 2007 was it made available to the general public and i jumped on facebook and back then you couldn't even share there was nothing it was garbage you'd send peer people beer bottles and and fruit punches and stuff and, and so forth and you'd then send them a nudge and maybe you'd write a message on their wall where everyone could see globally there was no privacy nothing <clears throat> and the entire world facebook did so well to infect everyone that this this you know these crumbs of nonsense okay every mature individual on the planet was was doing it you know you know saying I, and and so i'm very early adopted and as soon as f- f- facebook allowed putting photos on i put photos okay and then came along instagram and you know i was still using a blackberry then you couldn't post photos to to instagram from a blackberry so i had a friend of mine in london who was helping me on my website i said you create an instagram account because i was i was all about blackberry and thinkpad back then okay mm-hmm. i hadn't switched to i yet and i have a great story on why i switched to i But as soon as as soon as video was a thing, I jumped on video. So I've been doing this for a long time. This is not you know, oh, I had nothing to do during the pandemic and so forth. I think it's that other people had nothing to do with the pandemic, so my views went through the roof. Okay, okay. And with regards to other tailors, I mean, playing catch up is maybe the wrong way. I think I think that you know, copying 
is you're going to be found out very fast in this world because there's so much transparency. Everyone can see everything instantly in their hand. All right. And, and the worst thing that you can do, and I've never been a copier, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, you borrow certain styles as a designer uh, and then you make them your own, <clears throat> but you always give uh, credit to that designer. So I think my favorite designer when it comes to suits is Tom Ford. And there are a couple of aspects of his tailoring that I wouldn't say I steal that have taught me stuff. And then, you know, I've, I've, mm, I've taken those attributes and made them my own in the sense that, you know, I love his peak lapel, but I can't ever go so wide. I, uh, I love his large elongated buttonhole on the cuff. Okay. Um, but I, uh, don't like the five buttons that are all spread out. I'd rather do four compact overlapping. Um, and I love his gauntlet cuff, which I was wearing anyways, which he borrowed from tailoring history. And I love his gauntlet cuff, which is, but his is very large and wraps around. He's reduced it. Mine is very small from the front. These are just little touches where, where, where I learned stuff from one specific person. Um, but I, I wouldn't say I'm an innovator. I would say that I'm bold. I wouldn't say that I'm a planner at all. I don't think things out because I live in such a, I, I work in such a dynamic environment and dynamic doesn't have to mean that, you know, you're looking at screens and you've, you've concocted a new algorithm. And this algorithm is running through the global markets at, at, you know, at light speed and stuff. I'm telling you, even if I have one customer face to face every hour, that is a very dynamic environment because you're getting to know someone brand new every hour on the hour and trying to create something for them. And what differentiates me from every designer out there is that I'm bespoke completely from scratch. Right. And I don't dictate. I create. I, I delve into my clients' minds and I bring their vision to life. And we're going to talk about anything you want to talk about, right? But I'm going to say one thing, which will probably be, you know, pretty much the answer to everything is that it's always about the suit. Okay. Mm. It doesn't matter what I do. If I'm not making good suits, if I'm not creating suits for my clients, the suits that they love, then I wouldn't be here where I am right now, regardless of what stupidity I was doing. Mm. Did you always want to be a tailor growing up? So it was not about being a tailor. It's about people. All right. So at a very young age, when I was in my shop and, you know, maybe only five foot tall, I'm always looking up and there were so many people in my shop with my, my father and my dada. Okay. And, you know, and I feel great that you're Indian, by the way. And I have to say that I mean, we live in a very strange world where tribalism is looked down upon. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, and I can't understand that. You know, I'd love to talk about that as well, but let me answer your question first. Okay. So, you know, at a young age, you're meeting legends like Ivan Lendl, Stefan Edberg, Boris Becker, John McEnroe, Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan, Wham, Pet Shop Boys, snooker world champions like Steve Davis and Stephen Hendry. And, and the list goes on and on and on. Roberta Flack, I don't know if you remember her. She was an amazing singer. I'm just pulling stuff off the top of my head. It's just not about tailoring, right? I didn't understand that. And it's not about clothes. I didn't understand it. It's too young. I'm not wearing a suit myself. You know what I mean? And, you know, my, my parents forced, they, they lied to me and said that we were poor. It was the biggest lie they ever did. So they had, they kept me living very, very poorly. Okay. So I was never, you know, educated about clothes. All I'd ever wear was t-shirt and jeans and stuff, but it was all about people. And, you know, I was forced to go to the shop when I was a youngster, meaning say 11 and under. And, you know, to just do data entry, manual data entry, right? There's no computers at that time. And then from the ages of 11 to 16, 
I, during my Christmas holidays, summer holidays, and uh, Easter holidays, my father never took me on vacation anywhere ever. Mm. I'd have to come to the shop. I wasn't forced, but I'd come to the shop and work alongside my father, my chacha, and my dada. Okay. So very young age, I'm living proof of child labor in China, but not forced labor. Um, and it was always about the people. And it was always about how dynamic it is. I remember one day, it was a Monday, and we're vegetarian on Mondays. At least I used to be. And I came up to lunch with my dad in my daughter's house. And I was just speaking. You know, I was probably 12 years old, just turned 12. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so hungry. Bring the food. I'm so hungry. Bring the food. I'm so hungry. Okay. You know, to the dining table. And, you know, we had dal and puri and uh chowder and stuff and and i realized i didn't understand why i was so hungry i never really wailed like that and my father says because you work so hard today how many people do you think you talk to and it was only one o'clock mm-hmm. so we've been doing that from say 9 30 to 1 you know meeting person after person talking to person after person only as a 12 year old how much the fuck do you talk then excuse my language are we allowed to swear yeah of course you can swear you sure? you want. Yeah, yeah yeah okay so so you know what i mean like like and in those days it wasn't about design I wasn't about eccentricity in any ways. It was about price and speed. Okay. And we were selling on price and speed that, you know, no, no way globally could you make it a suit as cheap as us and no way globally could you make a suit as fast as us. All right. And people were just picking gray, black, blue, pinstripe. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a check, mm-hmm. you know, no fancy linings, no designs, single breasted or double breasted. Single breasted, two button and three buttons. Double breasted, four button and six button. One to do, two to do, etc. etc. It's much more swifter. There are no buttons, selection, colored stitching. This that. That's all. That's something that I invented. Mm-hmm. Now Paul Smith, Ted Baker might tell you differently, but who's to say that you know both me, Paul Smith, and Ted Baker had the same epiphany at the same time and started making suits more fun? For me, it was not an epiphany. It was just progression. Evolution, evolution, you know, I mean, started getting more and more and more fun. And that's when I became a designer. Okay. I was, I never got taught any of this. I finished high school here in Hong Kong. I finished my A-levels and I went to New York. I went to NYU, studied finance and economics. The city was very cold. And my father was always yelling at me about how much money he's spending on education. God knows why he sent me away anyways. He was insistent. So I finished in three years rather than four. I should have stayed for five. You know what I'm saying? Because you have your whole life to work. Where did you go to university? I went to a local college in in a small town here in India, in, in a place called Mangalore. Okay. And ha- have you done your master's yet? No. Is it something that you want to do? I don't think so. I'm happy uh, with my bachelor's degree. I have a job and I don't think there is a necessity for a master's degree right now. Well, I, I don't have a master's. Um, I, I, you know, I just, you know, I see so many people doing their master's now, both young and uh, middle age. Tell me something. Um, what did you do in your undergrad degree? Uh, it was, uh, I uh, specialized in finance. So I did finance and economics and I ended up working for a law firm here in Hong Kong. Okay. Doing telecoms, conspiracy and anti-piracy, a big British law firm called Herbert Smith. Then I moved to London. I worked there for six months and I moved to London for, uh, for a year. And I worked with two different startups. One was a personal concierge company and the other was an online auction. So it was a long time ago. You know what I mean? Where internet penetration in the United Kingdom was less than 0.1%. Okay. Very, very, uh, naive market. So. So there was no, there was no fascination with becoming a tailor. Okay. And I'll explain something very important to you now, the, the, the reason, eh? and you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Now, whether I was piecing this all together in my mind back then, I couldn't tell you what I can tell you is this. My parents split when I was 11. All right. Mm-hmm. 
And my mom took me and my sisters to my nanny's place. Okay. But very soon after, and my, I hardly knew my dad and he uh, worked all day, every day. So I'd only see him on Sundays. Okay. And so I really had have a tight relationship with my dad. But I love my dad and daddy. And I love Sam's Taylor. And I loved who we are. Okay. And back then, I don't, my dad hadn't worked with the United uh, States president yet. He had worked with the United Kingdom royal family, including the queen and her husband, whilst my parents were still together. And uh, he had worked with, um, um, talking about pre-divorce, specifically Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking huge yeah. at that time. You understand what I'm saying? Right? We, we were talking about, you know, when Thatcher is Thatcher, right? And then, of course, like the whole host of other celebrities that I just mentioned, you mean, including all those tennis players and those Australian stars and those American stars and stuff. And you can't get bigger than Wham! and Pet Shop Boys in the mid-1980s. I mean, you talk about Wham!, George Michael, Andrew Ridgely, and the Pet Shop Boys in the 1980s. Prior to that, he worked with David Bowie, you know what I mean? In the 1970s, you know, you know what I'm saying? For my father, this goes on and on and on. So, you know, I'm a good Sindhi boy, right? Um, uh, and stuff. And I'm a good Sindhi boy in when it comes to being a Sindhi boy. That doesn't have to be stereotypical. And that doesn't have to be discriminatory, right? I mean, you can be whoever the fuck you want to be, bro. You <laughs> I mean Virat Kohli's not Cindy? I fucking love him. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying, right? Uh, it's got, you know, what I mean, it doesn't mean I only love Cindy's and stuff. But I want, you know, I have a cultural and traditional value set that I wanted to adhere to. And you know, in that period of time, divorce wasn't one of them. Okay, we're talking about 1988 here and stuff. I wanted to be with my family. I wanted to be with the Melwanis, and I realized that I was the last of my lineage. Okay. And even at a very young age, that, that kind of shit was important to me. Yeah, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and stuff. And uh, my sisters were very young. And I was like, you know, mom, I've got to go. I can't leave dad alone. And I did. And my father was surprised and, and heartbroken. Again, heartbroken because so overwhelmed that his son, who he hardly has a reputation, uh, reputation uh, relationship with, has come and worked with him. Tell him to come in. Eh? I'll introduce you to my father. Okay. Sure. <laughs> um, and 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 so I've been with my dad since. Yeah, you know what I mean. Since from '88 to now, 2023, soon to be 2024. And it, it was the allure of the clients. It was the allure of heritage. Uh, it was the allure. Papa, come here. This is my father. This is Pratham in India. Come and say hello. Jaldina. The great man himself. <laughs> come, he can't see you. You've, you've got to come, come and sit here. Sit down for a minute. Yeah. Okay. No, you need to sit down. Yeah. So okay. the great man himself, he's an MBE from Queen Elizabeth. He is knighted by the King of Belgium and he has a whole host of other awards from the Hong Kong government. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure to meet you, sir. So I don't think it was, oh, do you want to be a tailor? right? Like, uh, and stuff. It wasn't about the job. It was about working alongside my father, who was a great man who was doing great things already before he was awarded every all this stuff. I remember when my parents were still together, my father took me to the presidential suite of the Mandarin Oriental to work with the Danish royal family. We're talking about the king, queen, prince, princesses of, of, of Denmark. Now, to me today, whoever you are, whichever country you are, a prince or princess, king or queen, or, okay, you are somebody to me, okay? Mm -hmm. I respect stuff like that, all right? Mm -hmm. The youth of this world globally don't. I think Asians primarily do, Anglo-Saxons definitely don't, okay? Uh, and stuff, but 
you know, if you ask anybody, would you like to be born a king or a prince? If they're telling you no, they're fucking lying to you, bro. They're fucking lying to you. Whoever says no, they're fucking lying to you. And then that shows you the measure of that. So, you know, why wouldn't I want to be my father's son if that is my birthright? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it was never about I wanted to be a tailor. It was I wanted to be a part of this thing that's special that I don't really know anything about because my father's not a good teacher. In fact, he doesn't mm -hmm. teach. My father is taught me how to swim and now I'm a great swimmer mm -hmm. by throwing me at the deep end of the pool every Sunday. And he'd say, go die, go die, 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 die. He wouldn't say drown. I'd be crying and crying and crying. You know, I'm 10 and under and, you know, I could be five, I could be six or seven, but he'd never jump in and get me because he can't fucking swim himself. <laughs> so he's not the deep end. And, and yeah, I never went for swimming lessons, but I'm a great swimmer. So I'm, I, my strokes aren't great, but I mean, I'll stay in the water forever. Okay. When I went on my first mail order trip and I do, I've only done four or five. I went to London thrice, New York once and Singapore once when I was cutting my teeth. Okay. Working for my dad in those first few years. And I book a suite in a foreign city and I take orders and stuff. I'm about to go to New York. I've never done this in my life. It's very early in my career. And my, I told my dad, are you going to teach me how to measure? Are you going to teach me how to measure? He said, no, who the fuck taught me? Which is bullshit because he learned. And he had a lot more years behind him before he started doing these shows. So one of my tailors, a guy called Hong, taught me how to measure. And, you know, you, you know, fear is fuel. You know, you know what I'm saying? Fear is fuel. A lot of people who are scared, I teach my son, don't ever be scared. Uh, fear is fuel, right? It, 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 it moves you forward. And, and, and I did it and I came into my own element. I said, okay, this is something I conquer, but it's not something I want to do. I don't want to be in a hotel room halfway across the world, taking orders from people. I want to be in home base. So, you know, everybody in my community, okay. And then respect and clients as well would say you, you would make so much more money if you'd be on the road all the time, you make so much more money if you'd be on the road all the time, which is fucking true, but that's not what something I, I wanted. And my mantra became, I want to bring the world to Sam's table. And when social media happened, I jumped on that. It gave me, it gave me an opportunity to create a free window, a free window for the whole world to watch me. Now, I, if you've noticed, okay, let me, let me ask you a few questions first. Okay. And then we can go on. I, I, is this content okay with you? Are you yeah, happy with yeah. this discussion? I'm, I'm happy with this kind of conversation too. Okay, great. Because I think this is great conversation. You know what I mean? You, you're going to be able to cut this up however you want. You're going to get a lot yeah. out of it rather than one just big video. I mean, I'm going to give you a, a lot of insightful stuff. Um, so, what my question. Okay. How did you find me the first time? Okay. Uh, so, I found a video of yours on a meme channel. It was not even your channel. There was some meme channels on, on Instagram. On, on which platform? Be specific with me. On, which platform? Uh, on, Instagram. on Instagram. So, it shows up on your feed? Yes. And what video was that? It was a compilation of you, uh, you know, touching your uh, customers and saying stuff like plenty of consent. Look at the big, huge planets. I thought mm -hmm. it was really funny. And then I okay. looked, then I said, you know what? I need to find this guy. And then I found Sam Taylor. This was, I think, a few months ago, maybe almost a year ago. I'm not sure exactly when. And then I fell in love with your content. It was so interesting. And uh, during these times when everybody's so thin-skinned and woke and uh, where everybody's getting offended by comedy, you were saying raw jokes, the kind of jokes that I used to make when I... From the I 1980s, right? You mean the yeah. Eddie Murphy sort of fucking jokes from the 1980s, right or wrong? 
Yeah, so yeah, so when when I was growing up, when I was a kid in the 90s and in the early 2000s, these were the kind of jokes that I used to say and uh, you know, we had a great time and you were you were so natural at that and I nat- I fell in love with that kind of content. So I you know, it's 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 great that you say that. Um I didn't know what your answer would be. And I just want to ask you before I continue, how how often do you go to my channel or does it just pop up? How often are you seeing my videos daily or you, you, you binge them from time to time? Yeah, I, I'd like to get an insight on that. No uh, sugar coating, please. Yeah, I think I binge them uh, when I just found your channel. But yes. nowadays, it just uh, I, I don't go to the Sam Stiller or Roshan Melwani page. It just pops on my feed and I just watch the entire 30 seconds or 60 seconds of the video. Now, let me ask you one thing. When did you get the idea to reach out to me? Uh, it was, I think I, maybe two or three weeks ago. And, and did you expect me to be so forthcoming? No, I, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, some of the very busy people, some of the big people uh, like yourself, uh, they either take a lot of time to reply or they don't reply. And I, I get that, you know, people are very busy. So I, so yeah. I, I'll let you know. Okay. So, so. You've got to understand one thing, right? I put up a lot of content, all right? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me if I'm wrong, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to have a great chat with you, a very educated young man. I think, I know, I think that I'm the most prolific content creator on the planet. Mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone puts up as much unique, and all my content is unique. Every single thing I do is, is unique. I don't think anyone puts up as much unique content as I do, as rampantly as I do as prolific as I do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm putting up one, two, three, four, sometimes five new things every day. Okay. You'll get my side by side virtually every day. If not every day, you'll get my live stream virtually every day. If not every day, you'll get something to do with a celebrity, maybe something to do with my son, Rian, something to do with family, something to do with a party. Okay. Something to do with government, something to do with some sort of adventure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now in, in, in recent times, you'll get maybe a collaboration. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, I mean, we know without doubt that the Roshan Mawani channel, okay, mm-hmm. will without fail, the, I mean, the Sam Taylor Roshan Mawani, everything to do with me, will without fail give you two unique pieces of content every single day forever. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's been going on for so long. And, and I think that. I, you know what I think? I know that the attraction to me is the complete transparency of me overall. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most fun and the most watched is the silly videos of Side by Side. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you don't even need to take a deep dive to see what's really going on with me. That I am a businessman. I am a father. I'm a son. I'm a local icon. I'm a patriot. I love being an Indian. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on and on and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, You've got to understand what a ruse is. And I never meant of this, any of this to be a ruse, okay, uh, at all. So so I, I never think to myself that the butt slapping and all is a ruse to, to, to lock people in. No, that's just me. That's you know, me, me doing what I do. But what is me that people like to watch overall, the belief in me, is the transparency. That they really do know everything that's going on in my life. Uh, and so forth. I don't need to do a video diary and all that nonsense. Any significant thing going on, I'm broadcasting it. And there's always something significant every day. I mean, you know, my life is exciting and stuff. So I saw that with my father. It was never about tailoring 
something about do you want to be a tailor it was about you've got to understand something you know who john travolta is right mm, yeah okay so when i was 10 or 11 or 12 you mean i think it was 10 do you understand how big john travolta was he was the fucking tom cruise brad pitt of this day there was no tom cruise there was no brad pitt okay there was no justin timberlake okay there was fucking tom cruise all right I was excuse me, John Travolta. We're talking about the 1980s here, brother. Mm. My dad took me to John Travolta's hotel room. It was at the Park Lane Hotel in Causeway Bay mm. to make clothes for him. He's fucking John Travolta. We don't even have Pulp Fiction yet, bro. But he was fucking John Travolta, the motherfucking man, global superstar. Before we had David Beckham, he was a global superstar. Tell me which girl or guy did not watch Saturday Night Fever, did not watch Grease. Do you understand how iconic those movies are and that they went global, all India, all China, all world? He was fucking John Travolta. And my father at the age of 10 takes me to meet him, to make clothes for him, right? I mean, this is something that I wanted to be a part of, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That was the lure and stuff. And But by the time I joined my business, right, I had no interest ever in chasing celebrities. That wasn't it, okay? And it's not like we are chasing celebrities every day, you know, like TMZ and so forth, and no disrespect to them whatsoever. I think what they do is remarkable. Their content is just not for me because I'm not interested, right? But mm -hmm. they, they, I think they're remarkable because they are ballsy, they're courageous, they are educated, they have guile, right? It's just that the content they deliver, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in celebrities. I'm not interested in this weird shit. This person wore this and they were caught there uh, and so forth. And, you know, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not interested in stuff like that. Right. It's nothing to do with it, but I think what they do is great. So we're not sitting here monitoring the movements of celebrities. Right. So when I came in, it wasn't about celebrities, but people, bro, I don't drink. I haven't drank for 12 and a half years. Is your screen. Okay. I can't hear, see you well, but I can see myself perfectly. Can you see me? Well, yeah, I can see you. Well, can you hear me? Well? The record. I can hear you fine, but you've gone all fuzzy. I just don't want to spoil your recording. No, I, I think uh, uh, you don't have to worry about that because when the uh, video is produced, the end product, the video will be fine. Okay, great. So, so it, you know, it, it, it's about people and celebrities come and see us because we're safe haven. It's not like we're going to call fucking TMZ, okay, mm -hmm. to come and meet us here. Celebrities also have a limited amount of time, just like other people. Mm -hmm. Celebrities don't have time to, for people to get shit wrong just like other people, just like you and me, don't have time for people to get shit wrong. So we're good, we're fast, mm -hmm. and we're honest. You, you know what I mean? And you don't have to believe me. I'm not making a pitch here or an appeal, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna continue to live my life and show what I'm capable of and not hide anything. My father doesn't like it. He doesn't like me being so transparent. He feels that we'll get another, and we do get another. I, I believe in that, okay? okay? But Tom Cruise gets another. David Beckham gets another. Brad Pitt gets another. You think Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi don't get Nazar? Okay, when, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, when you, you say Nazar, you mean like bad, bad, bad eye, bad side. Evil eyes, yeah. 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 Okay. So, you, you mean like, I mean, yeah, if you want to be somebody, right, you have to face it. You have to face the public, the government, the haters, and the gods, the spirits, and the demons. You, 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 you know what I mean? You have to yeah. face everything. Okay. Okay. And, uh, it's you know earlier you spoke about uh, tribalism and it was not just about being a tailor it was about being your father's son and now you have a son too a lot of young people nowadays are choosing not to get married 
not to have children they are not interested in continuing their family name for because i don't know for various reasons good or bad uh what what do you think about that why, why is it so important for you to continue the family's legacy okay why is it important to me yeah an absolute multitude of reasons okay i don't even know where to begin okay but i'm going to try pratham i'm born with 10 fingers 10 toes two legs two hands a beautiful face okay all right that is a gift from god okay and it's a gift from my parents do you understand what i'm saying i am not starving never have you know you know what i mean life is good life is good and it's not like i grew up flying first class it's not like i grew up even flying <laughs> from 1988 to, to from 1988 to 2003 i never uh, to 1988 to 1993 i never even left the fucking country my dad wouldn't even send me you know you wouldn't pay for a fucking airline ticket jesus you know what i mean he's tough he's a very tough guy all right but you know you have this name where you walk around in hong kong and everybody knows you're your father's son okay mm-hmm. you have this name where you see people from all over the world the door opens and they're like oh my god sam i saw you on this tv show oh my god sam talking about my father i saw you in this newspaper oh my god sam I read about you in this magazine. Oh my god, Sam. I saw you in this guidebook. Oh my god, Sam. My friend told me I have to come and see you. Okay? So, I cannot. And remember one thing. My father and my chacha did not want me to join this business. Okay? Okay. Two reasons. One is that they did not want me to work so hard like they do because this is a bitch, six and a half days a week. Okay? I gave you this slot today because it's a half day i know i'm not going to you know i i come off an interview i did an interview on wednesday i think it was and i'm just drained you know i'm drained because i give my all and you know it goes and i don't know just i'm in free flow during the interview but once the once the hour is done i'm like oh my god uh, i i'm just a lot has come out of me because you know it's a lot of emotion and stuff so my father and chacha did not want me to join they were highly against it one reason was they didn't want me to work so hard okay second reason is they they knew they couldn't control me no matter what because they want to control me because that's their nature okay it's their way or the highway okay and three they knew that i wasn't some lalu to just sit and eat shit okay mm-hmm. so no matter how many times over the years they've told me to get up till today they will tell me to get up right mm-hmm. i haven't gone and i've still done stuff my way that doesn't mean i'm ziddi or anything or or you know i'm just immature and stuff i said i got to do what's good for me mm-hmm. and for my future and i've been vindicated i've been vindicated in every ways and every single thing that i'm done of course i make mistakes i mean so many mistakes who doesn't make mistakes okay you're 30 years old you're working for the you have to make mistakes you don't make yeah. mistakes it's not normal right you're not an algorithm you're 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 not a fucking bot you know what i mean and and algorithms ai and bots also make mistakes so we're yeah. human i make a mistake every day i made a mistake yesterday a big one that's part of life and and that's why you need a team and you need a mentor and you need a leader to come rescue you okay uh and stuff so they knew they are they don't have those leadership skills number one okay they knew that they couldn't mold me they knew that they couldn't control me so they didn't want me in this business but i wasn't willing to to not give this a go okay because mm-hmm. when i finally joined samsi the full time we were already 43 years old 43 years old okay mm-hmm. i helped my father take us to 50 years when the hong kong government then issued a commemorative stamp of us the sam steel wow. 50 year anniversary stamp how good is that right you know I mean? insane yeah and in that time in that first 7 years i already ended up working with president bush senior twice president clinton at least five times 
and uh, President Bush Jr. once. I mean, it's fucking incredible. Along with a whole host of other stars. You have to understand that Hong Kong has fucked itself during the pandemic, okay? Mm -hmm. China has fucked itself. I'm a patriot, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm an Indian first, mm -hmm. all right? But when it comes to government and politics, I'm Chinese because this is my home. I believe in power and proximity and I'm a patriot in every ways. And if, if I'm not happy, I can leave, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But a lot of people think that you're not allowed to criticize your government, that you'll be locked up, which is very naive, okay? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This isn't some prehistoric time, all right? And I don't want to mention other governments because you know everybody takes offense nowadays to, to people saying stuff and, and so forth. You have free rule in China, all right? Mm -hmm. To do what you want, okay? But just like in the United States and the United Kingdom and India, sedition is against the law, all right? Okay. Saying the Chinese government are a bunch of fucking idiots is not against the law, all right? Saying the Chinese government fucked up during COVID, saying the Chinese president, President Xi, fucked up during COVID is a matter of opinion. And we have free speech here in China, okay? I've just said it on video, okay? Yeah. Plotting against your government yeah. is illegal in any country in the world. Rallying people, okay? Creating troops, whether they're students, they protest, et cetera, et cetera, to overturn the government is illegal in every, in every country. Yeah. Protests, peaceful or not peaceful, are legal in every country as they are here in Hong Kong and China. Okay, you don't get locked up for protesting. You get locked up for plotting to overthrow your government, okay? That is, you, you know I mean, you get locked up, uh, I can't remember the word for that exactly, um, but you lock, get locked up for being a traitor, okay? And you get locked up for colluding with other, other governments to overthrow your own government, okay? That, that, that is all illegal in every single country on the planet. But CNN and BBC have turned the world into believing that China is like Nazi Germany or something and all of us are running around, you know, in fear. Now, I don't even want to use that connotation. I take that back because I wasn't around in Nazi Germany, so I actually don't know how it is. I'm just using that in terms of, you know, what people have spread around for the last 60 years, 70 years and stuff. But no, it's not true. And it's not, China's not the matrix. We're not all plugged in. And the random Keanu Reeves who, who escape are being arrested, okay? None of that exists. You're talking about a country of 1.4 billion people. Okay, and then you're talking about hundreds of millions of Chinese around the world globally who go back home every Christmas, summer, Easter. And you know this is true because you live in a country of 1.4 billion people, mm. okay, who have hundreds of millions of us around the world who come home all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're not Cuba or Venezuela or Rwanda where people are trying to escape. There's nobody trying to escape from China, mm. and there's nobody trying to escape from India. Okay, yeah. you know this, yes. right? So don't ever believe anything that the Western media say about China, because I'm here living it, mm. okay? And I'm giving you all a window on how I'm living it. Mm. I mean, do I look like I'm oppressed? I have a fucking thoroughbred horse who's winning. I don't know if you watch these videos. I take my fans, I take the public on a different journey every year, a different journey every quarter, a different journey every month. There's something fascinating happening in my life, okay? I have so much content. Like, you know, I went out last night to a party. I used to put content up about parties before and stuff. I don't even do that anymore. You know I mean, I don't have time and space for that because mm. there's so much going on at work. There's so much more civic stuff I'm involved with. Mm. There's so much, my kids are older, so much more of their stuff to broadcast. And there's so many collaborations and interviews that I'm doing that I don't post any of my party stuff. But I was legendary for that, giving the world an insight on how you party in Hong Kong. 
you, you, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, this is a free country. And the only, the, this is what Westerners say. They say that, can you elect your own leader? No. But if that's your version of democracy, then we're not a democracy. Okay. But other than that, these, today is the district council elections for my district where I live. And a Punjabi guy is running for the seat. A Muslim guy, Pakistani Muslim is running for a seat. And a Bangladeshi Muslim is running for a seat alongside Chinese guys of our district. Okay. And I'm going to go vote after this interview. I'm going to take my son. Okay. Like, and he's going to record me voting. Okay. So just because we can't uh, 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 appoint our own leader, vote for our own leader, we are condemned as a dictatorship or a non-democracy and stuff. The word democracy, the whole value set of democracy is overrated. If you ask me. Yeah, okay? I agree. It, it, I, it agree. Is, okay? um, I, I, I don't believe in free speech if it's used for hate, if it's used to defend yourself against hate. I, I, I don't believe that you're in a better position because you got to vote. All right. Yeah. For so long until COVID, China's policy was incredible for all of us living in China, because we printed money, <laughs> we just printed it, <laughs> okay? And for the first time in their history, they made a big fuck up, okay? For the first time since Tiananmen Square, they fucked up with COVID. We all know they fucked up. They know they fucked up, okay? They're just too proud to admit it. And I'm not gonna get arrested for saying that, hmm. okay? That is okay. not subversion. That is not sedition. Hmm. That is not being a traitor. This is not espionage. This is no collusion here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I will not get arrested for saying that my government fucked up on its on its COVID policy. Okay. okay? And I'm happy to say that on the airwaves. Yeah, that, that's very interesting. I mean, this is a very refreshing political opinion because I've heard this before as well. There was a person called Jayant Bandari. He's a global investor and he's been on the podcast and he's traveled throughout the world and he's been to China and he says... You know, China isn't as bad as the mainstream media says it is because everything works there. The roads are great. The trains so are great. So good. Yeah. So good. I don't know if you've been here, okay? Yeah. But it's beautiful. Now, before there was Dubai, there was Hong Kong, okay? Yeah. And everything worked. Before there was Dubai, all of, there was Shanghai and Beijing and Guangzhou and Shenzhen, okay? Which had everything. Super highways, clean metros, brilliant taxis, gorgeous paved streets, Trees everywhere. Thank you to Singapore for inspiring all of us. Yeah. Okay. But the tallest, shiniest, most gorgeous skyscrapers ever. Okay. Before anywhere else. We are so far ahead of the curve. But we have our own value set. Mm. Our own traditions. Mm. Which for some reason, a small new country, the United States. Okay. Who is, which is a very small country and a very new country compared to every country in Asia and Europe in terms of age and small in terms of compared to every country in Asia. I mean, we've got hundred something, maybe 200 million people in Pakistan, hundred something million people in Bangladesh, nearly hundred million people in, in Nepal, over hundred million people in Indonesia, nearly hundred million people in Philippines, Vietnam. Uh, I can go on and on and on, right? Our numbers are staggering, <laughs> okay? And stuff, but yet, yet for some reason, we are judged by their political model. It's nothing to do with us. How would you like it? How would we like it if we Hindus or us Sikhs or us Jains were judged on, Christi on Christianity? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They're very swift to, to, to condemn, what is it called? Shia law? law? Sharia law? I Sharia law. And so I don't know anything about it, but it's nothing to do with me because I don't live there. Yeah. 
you understand what I'm saying? Right? I, I, I know I got enough fucking problems here, bro. Mm-hmm. I got enough fucking problems here that I'm gonna go out and march and and hate on Sharia law in, in Islamic countries that I've never been to, uh, that I don't understand. I don't understand their history, their heritage. And like I said, I believe in power and proximity. People are not happy that they fucking leave, right? Hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. need people from the West trumpeting for them. Yeah. I Okay. Fine. So uh, what do you think India can learn from China? The, the reason why I'm asking is because you're in a unique position. You're a person of Indian ethnicity. I'm sure yes. you've been in India many times. Yes. Cut the bullshit I... out in the middle. Okay? okay. The taking and the bullshit is not good enough okay Mm -hmm. if you want to rise you have to be very precise okay the rise of the chinese machine was based on precision and speed Mm -hmm. everyone till today working for the same cause and that's how the united states was built everyone when the united states was being built and turned into the greatest country in the world because everyone was a patriot okay socialism leftism wokeism hadn't penetrated the mainstream back then okay capitalism and pride, patriotism, propel. I, I know I'm not wrong here, and you know I'm not wrong. Yeah. Okay, the history history says it. Capitalism, patriotism, pride, propelled the United States to the best country on the planet by fucking far. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. And now, the Chinese have their own version of capitalism. Why can't we not have our own version of capitalism? Why does our version of capitalism, why does our version of democracy have to mirror the Western version of it? Okay. Our version of capitalism, our version of patriotism, our version of pride, and you can understand the last term, pride. Yes. Nationalistic pride has taken us to the forefront of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's what India can learn, okay? Mm-hmm. They have to say that this is our dish, that we are all one. They've got to shed, the problem with India is they've got to shed that, you know, the situation I'm in shackles me. That is not true. That is not true at all, okay? You've got to shed that mentality. If you want to succeed, you have to be part of the machine first. You're not going to succeed sitting outside the machine complaining. And you don't have Chinese people constantly sitting around bitching the government out. And asking the government for fucking handouts. They get up, they go to work, and they build a fucking great country. They've built a superpower. Yeah, that that was... You know, I, I, I completely agree with you on that. And I, I know a lot of people are going to get triggered by that because everybody nowadays wants to be a victim and all that. Yeah, then they're fucking triggered. You know, the more they get triggered, hmm. the more we rise to the top. Because they're wasting their time being triggered. They're wasting their time not working. They're wasting their time barking, begging for attention. Let them. Far is better we are controversial. Yeah. Because it puts them in their tracks. It keeps them in their tracks. They do focus on concentrating on us and the shit that we spew. And we can go ahead and succeed, which is what we want to do. We want to build. All right. So I want to ask you a few light-hearted questions, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah, so, so you, you can ask me anything. I have plenty of time for you. Yeah, so you have smacked a lot of asses, Chinese, Filipino, yeah. Indian, and it's it's a it's all part of your service. So from your experience, can you tell me which ethnicity or which race of people has the best best tush or the best planets? Okay, honestly, I can't. All right, uh, I'll tell you why. Because uh, no race, the physicality of no. They, Specific physicalities are not consigned to a particular race, mm. okay? 
color is, accents are not. You can be uh, an Indian, Indian guy born in South Africa and you'll talk, grow up talking like a South African, okay? So physicality is, is not something that's assigned to race. So I, I, there, there is no favorite uh, and stuff. Secondly, I'm not attracted to male ass. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so even I, I can't be judgmental. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, I, I'm just not attracted to male ass. Thirdly, you know, I am in a situation now where people are begging me to smack ass. All right. And I mean, like, it is just insane. I don't ask to smack anyone's ass. I'm just being begged. Sometimes I do it on video. May I smack your ass to make sure the audience knows that I have consent, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so forth. Um, I, I mean, it's a great question, honestly is. And I wish I could give you an answer. Mm -hmm. I truly do. And I promise you this. One day, if I have an answer for you, and it's very rare that I cannot serve up an answer, you've seen this. Mm -hmm. um, well, that demonstrates how honest I'm being. No, I don't have a particular ethnicity uh, that I prefer in terms of ass smack. Mm -hmm. um, let me put you this. Let me, let me add to this, though, right? I think that, you know, you, you have to understand I'm a child of the 80s and 90s, right? And mm -hmm. opposites attract, okay? And we grew up uh, in a time where there were many more boundaries, but also many less boundaries, okay? Mm -hmm. There are many more boundaries in the sense that you treated women in a specific way, okay? Mm -hmm. You waited till they were a certain age to do a certain thing, okay? Those boundaries are fucking gone now, all right? Mm -hmm. The boundaries are up now, fuck, if I'm kissing my son, on the cheek by the swimming pool, I'm going to get fucking canceled by Meta. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Right? Me and my son's photos by the swimming pool in in in, in Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, Kuala Lumpur will get taken down by Meta, and I'll get banned for three days from the platform itself. That's the fucking boundaries that we have now. Psychotic. Okay, it's very very strange. So I have no specific uh, ass that I like to smack, but I think for me the most fun is when I have a very handsome, very uh, well-built white guy mm. there. And then I get to basically, uh, he allows me to humiliate him. And you know, I don't think humiliate is the right word because I mean, the audience has to be so stupid, which they're not, okay? Mm. And such degenerates, which they are, to interpret <laughs> any of that in a, ba in a negative way. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you see why, you see Pratham, why heroes will always succeed. I'll mm. explain to you. Because cowards lead with hate. Mm. Even if they don't believe in something, they want to join a crowd and spew hate. Mm. And heroes won't do that. And that's why heroes will always succeed. Mm. Because heroes rise to the top. Cowards follow the crowd. And that's just it. Mm. So, so does your wife or any of your family members watch your content and go, God, why does he Yeah, do everybody this? does. So everybody <laughs> does. Everybody, whether their intentions are good or bad, mm. always tell me to tone it down. Uh, my wife doesn't like the fact that I carry women and I spin them around or I kiss them on the cheek or I squat them and stuff. But you have to believe in evolution, okay? Mm -hmm. And Pratham, if I sat, I bled, I lost three point, my business lost 3.7 million US dollars in operating costs. 3.7 million US dollars in operating costs during the pandemic. Now, let me explain to you why. Because every two weeks on a Thursday, our government had their press conference and we'll say, said we're going to post we're going to continue locked in for two more weeks we're not locked down maybe you had locked down the united states had locked down the western world had locked down where you couldn't leave your home except that we had locked in we were fucking free here to do what the fuck we want mm. we had curfew and everything but nobody could come in the fucking country bro. Mm. and nobody could go to the office and nobody could go to school we were locked in okay 
So my business was decimated every two weeks for three years. On a Thursday, they'd say, we're going to extend for another two weeks. We're going to extend for another two weeks. So there was no roadmap to open it. And I could have sat around and did nothing like my father, like my cha-cha, like my staff, and bleed, bleed, bleed. But a month into the pandemic, I just started live streaming myself and people liked it. And, you know, we started selling suits on live streams and stuff, mm. right? And then suddenly my funny videos, which were, I have over 9,000 videos on Instagram. Those 9,000 videos were not created during the pandemic. Mm. It's just that, you know, over the pandemic, I had such volume of videos already. Okay. Mm. We're talking about 8,000 something videos already. 8,000. Mm. Right you know, 8,000, a lot of videos. Okay. Mm. That, you know, some people, you know, they had nothing to fucking do. So people started binge watching my videos and I became mainstream, right? Mm -hmm. And that wasn't born out of the pandemic, bro. That content was all there. So kudos to me, okay, for, for, for being bold. So instead of thousands of views that I was getting over the years, it became hundreds of thousands of views and it became a million views because people had free time and I infected everyone, okay? Mm -hmm. When the world was running before the pandemic, you know what I mean? We didn't have fucking Netflix. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So, so look, let, 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 me, let me answer your question, which I haven't answered, all right? Uh, uh, but I need to give you a long answer because I, I need you to believe and understand because you asked me a great question. When I started putting clients' photos in finished goods on Facebook back in 2008 when Facebook allowed photos, my father and uncle yelled the living shit out of me saying, who gave you the right to this? Said, what the fuck are you talking about? People who get Nazar, people who steal our customers. They steal our customers by who? They'll go into the photo and say, here, customer come, customer come, come to me. But yell that, okay? When I, when I built a, uh, when I installed the internet in the year 2000 in our shop and built a website, they said, we're going to hack. They're going to be hacked, hacked. We're going to be hacked. I'm like, what the fuck? Do you know what is hacking? What are you fucking barking? You know what I mean? Anything I do, they want, you know, against it. When I started live streaming, when I started broadcast, they told me, get out, do it from your house. We don't want it here. And I told them, fuck you. This is my fucking show. You know, you know what I'm saying? You go fuck yourselves. And then when the money's coming in, then my dad is saying to my staff, Tarzan, are you there? Come here a second, bro. Okay, he's with the client. So, so you know, then once we have zero business in the shop because the world is in lockdown, okay? All right? And nobody in Hong Kong is going to work, right? Every day my father will ask his stuff. TikTok a pesa hai, TikTok a pesa hai, you know what I mean? Uh, and stuff, you know what I mean? The guy who wants me out, my uncle, you know, telling my uncle even to throw this guy out, tell him to do it from his house, tell him to do it from the office upstairs, don't broadcast from the shop, I don't want to hear this nonsense going on, but there's nothing there, right? Is asking, you know, did we get orders from TikTok today? Did we get orders from TikTok today? Um, everybody cringes, people who love me worry for me, okay? And people who hate me, uh, also say shit to me. I, in fact, it's only, the only people that say good stuff to me are people who hate me because they're masking it all, all right? Everybody wants to give me advice, okay? Whether they care about me or not, okay? Everybody wants to give me advice. Pratham, I don't know what I'm doing, all right? But at least I'm doing something, yeah? yeah. Right? I don't know what I'm doing, Pratham, all right? But I can tell you many stories, all right? So let's start. Okay. Last night, I went out in the town. I don't drink. I haven't drank in one and a half years. I quickly came down to the restaurant, to the, to the Uber, okay? In that five seconds, the whole, t all these Goras and Chinas, everyone, the street partying and stuff. Sam Steeler, Sam Steeler. I ran to my Uber with my wife, okay? I was being mauled already in the elevator, okay? I went to my daughter's school Friday. Today's Sunday morning. Eh? I went to my daughter's school Friday for the winter fair, school fair. There's 1,800 kids in the school. Say only half came to the fair. 900 kids. 
say only 10% mauled me, okay? <laughs> 90 people minimum have mauled me for selfies, photos, everything, all right? Everywhere I walk the streets, people grab me, can I have a selfie? Okay, can I, can, can stop. I love you, bro, I love you, bro, I love you. Sam, stay, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Everywhere I go, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Everywhere I go. Japan. I went to Japan in July. I haven't been to Japan in over 40 years since I was a kid. I got off the plane. I'm in line. I had it. I went to Japan in July. Whole of 2023, I had a beard. I shaved the morning I'm flying to Japan just for something different. I put a cap on it. I love my hair. I don't wear sunglasses. I don't wear caps. I wear sunglasses only when the sun is super bright. Okay. Mm. I wear cap from time to time. It's a specific reason. Why? I think I'm. I'm being honest here. I think I'm very handsome. I don't want to cover my face. You know what I'm saying? There's no need to cover my face. All of 2023, I had a beard. I think I last shaved back end of 22, 22, my wife's birthday. Okay? I shaved the morning I went to Japan, and I'm wearing a baseball cap. I get off the plane and immigration. One guy goes to me, hey, bro, I love your videos. Can I get a photo? Okay. Get out of the I said, I'm fucking Japan here. Get out of immigration. This is Tokyo. I'm waiting for the baggage of the carousel. Two girls come to me. Say, hey, Sam, we love your videos. Can we do one with you? Done. I reached the Peninsula Hotel. I'm not, I purposely stayed at the most fucking, second most expensive hotel, okay, in Japan. I reach the door. This kid who's staying at the hotel, who was, who is from Korea, okay, 19, 20 kid goes, oh my God, Sam Sailor. Takes a photo video with me, tags Peninsula. Next morning, every morning at breakfast is a fan fest at my hotel. Whether it's one or two or 10 or 12, every day there was something. Every street that I walked in Tokyo, someone said, oh, my God, Sam. Okay, whether they were Japanese, American, English, people on vacation, students. Oh, my God, Sam. I love your videos. I took a train to Osaka after one week. Okay. I land in my hotel. There are people waiting for me. Every morning is a fan fest in Osaka. Everywhere that I go in, uh, in Osaka walking, people recognize me. I'm in the airport flying to Hong Kong from Osaka. Some British Chinese guys, Chinese, but born and raised in England, recognizes me. You know what I'm saying? Should I keep going back? <laughs> you, you, you understand this thing? I went to a soccer tournament in, in, in May, maybe 3,000 people. 1,500 swam me for photos. I went to a rugby tournament in March, 30,000 people, maybe 15,000 people. 15,000 people asked me for a selfie and stuff. Bro, I don't know what I'm doing, okay? But at least I'm doing something, yeah? Yeah. right? And forget everything I just said, all right? Forget everything I just said. Just say they want to take a photo with a fool. Everybody wants to take a photo with a class clown. I'm the class clown. I'm a, I'm a chutia. Okay? <laughs> Let, let's say that. Pratam, we've seen in 2023 that hundreds of thousands of kids globally are pretending to be Sam Sailor. Have you seen the videos? Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere they're playing Sam Sailor. Okay? Yeah. Then from kids in school doing it, it's gone to home games. Instead of charades or pictionary, each couple is trying to do the best Sam Sailor interpretation to win the game. It's going to people's homes with 20-something-olds and 30-something-olds, okay? They're playing Sam Steele instead of charades, bro, or any other house game, okay? But I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how long I'm going to do it. I have no script. I have no editing. Everything I do is quick and dirty, okay? Everything I do is quick and dirty. My father and people in his crew, say, Roshan, you know, you're doing all this stuff. You do a lot of civic work for the government and stuff. You know what I mean? People have their eyes on you. You need to tone it down. You know, people won't select you for further duties. But they're selecting me now. I'm still doing stuff. One high-ranking government official a few weeks ago said, 
can I bring my party, my candidate for this, for tomorrow's election? She's ahead of her party. It's a district council election today's election, I mean. Can I bring him to shoot video in a shot? If I was a shoot there, okay, and she don't shoot video for her platform, for her platform, I dwarf, I dwarf that party's platform, okay? My numbers dwarf anybody here in Hong Kong, right? But she wants her candidate, okay, to be in a video with me, a video shot by me, no script, quick and dirty, broadcasted everywhere. She trusts me with that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I don't know what I'm doing, bro. And I know the fall will come because that's part of life, right? You know what I mean? You always have to fall. Um, and if you think you don't, then you're stupid, right? It's how you handle that, bounce back from that, uh, and so forth. Am I humble? No. I, it's very difficult to be humble and courageous, adventurous, and motivated at the same time, okay? It is very difficult, okay? Only you, the, the, the great people of this world who have succeeded in every platform that are humble as well are Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa, the current Pope, et cetera, et cetera. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I'm not of that state, right? I'm just finding myself in this journey. And, and trying to enjoy it, you know what I mean? And in every moment, I'm grateful. And will I make mistakes? Yes. Do I mis make mistakes? Yes. Uh, and step, am I forgiving myself for those mistakes? No, I'm not forgiving myself. That's too childish. Yeah. You can't forgive yourself, but you don't beat yourself up. Mm. You know what I mean? Right? I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, it's just like fatherhood. You know what I mean? I, I feel I'm a great dad and my kids love me and everyone online can see that. And, but, but, you know, if there was a, if there was a rule on fatherhood, if there's a rule on parenthood, there'd only be one book in the bookshop or no books, but there's fucking 1000 books on parenting in the bookshop. Mm. It means all of it is wrong, right? There's <laughs> no right answer. Yeah. So if there's one thing that I've learned from this conversation with you is that ego is good. Ego is probably good uh, because uh, to, to a certain extent, because earlier you said that you are the, uh, the most prolific uh, content creator. You went on praising yourself and you're, you have a track record to say that. So I think if you are doing a great job, I think you can talk big, which is what you're doing. And I, I, think, I think that's uh, something that I learned from you, that you have to honestly believe in yourself. And that's something that I learned from you in this conversation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is that if you don't look any athlete, all right, any politician, any businessman, okay, they have to believe themselves. Any vocational person has to believe he's going to be able to fix the fucking toilet. Any person who's in tech has to believe he's going to crack the algorithm. Any scientist has to believe they're going to come up with a solution. I mean, I don't know. I think ego is an interpretation, all right? I, 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 I also think that ego, I've always said that I'm never going to need a self-help book. I'm no, not going to have mental health issues and I'm not going to need to, to medicate, okay? Mm. And my view of myself helps me with all those things. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't doubt myself. I don't ever think that I look bad. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm not scared of what people think of me uh, and, and so forth. I have a very singular belief in who I am and what I am. I know I'm not the finished article, but I'm not working on being the finished article. I'm working on my fumes. Okay. I'm fueling myself. Uh, and that's pretty much it. And I need to take this journey somewhere for the sake of my name, for my family, for my heritage. Mm -hmm. I took Sansi, me and my father took Sansi to 50 years. I've taken it to 60 years, 65 years, 66 years. Next year will be 67. I need to create a platform, some sort of platform for my children, whether they take it or not. Okay. Mm -hmm. This legacy, this heritage, this gift cannot die with me. Okay. Mm -hmm. If it dies with me, 
it must be immortalized. Okay. I don't know if that is ego, but I will not be judged on failing my lineage. Okay. That is not going to happen. Okay. That's the, you know what I mean? I'm not going to be judged on failing my lineage. I have added to it in, in the most unpredictable of ways because we didn't know the way, the way the world is going to turn. You know what I mean? I've grabbed the bull by the horns and in my father's day, it was about great suits at a very cheap price with a very swift turnaround, bank on Saturday. In Roshan's day, it's become about phenomenal suits, unique as anything, amazing fit, sensational fit, can't beat the fucking fit. I gift wrap people, fucking I give, I give, I invented gift wrapping, okay? And, and, and for a great price. You cut, you, you got better attributes and fabrics than all the designers, better fit than all the designers, but a fraction of the price. Okay. But we don't know what the future holds and nobody's growing up to be a tailor. So my job is not to sit and just steady the ship or row along. My job is to create, turn Sam Sailor into a worldwide household name. Mm. Okay. Worldwide household name. So that if my children need a vehicle mm. to support themselves, they don't have to worry about tailoring or being a tailor. They fucking sell anything, bro. Mm. You know what I mean? As long as we infect everyone's minds and then we're known. That's the marketing, right? I've not hired David Beckham, Tiger Woods, Virat Kohli to represent me. I market myself using myself all day, every day. Mm. And that's pretty much it. So I, I'm on an interesting journey. I have no roadmap. I have no business plan. I'm not really interested in that stuff. I'm interested in, you know, working hard and, and, uh, you know, making, making something out of myself. You know, you know what I mean? Um, I think everyone in their heart will wants to be famous. All right. I think it's a lie. If you don't, humans are born, they want to be healthy. They want to be loved. They want to love someone that's intrinsic to humanity. Okay. They want to live. They want to be happy. They want to prosper. Okay. And I, I, I don't think that, uh, that, uh, anyone doesn't want to be famous. It's not true. You mean everybody watches love stories. Everybody watches famous people. Everybody wants a selfie with a famous person. So I, I don't know if I, if, if, if I want to be famous, I don't know if that's the journey either, but I'm sure as hell enjoying it. I'm mm -hmm. fucking enjoying it, bro. I feel blessed. It's just recognition for, and it's vindication. It's vindication. Now at no point, Pratham, listen, hear me out. At no point do I think that everyone is coming to me and cheering me on because they love my content. It could be true. It could be partially true. At every point I'm saying to myself that I'm the joker and the donkey here. And they're running to me because I'm the joker, and the donkey. Don't let it get to your head. Now, lastly, and you can still ask me any question. I started with this. It's always going to be about the suit. At the end of the day, it's always going to be about the suit. It's always going to be about making suit, making suits. And that's it. Yeah. That's all it's going to be about. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to get people to my store yeah. to make suits. I have a unique approach to doing it. Um, I wouldn't be able to put videos out with people if number one, the suit was not amazing. Mm -hmm. And number two, 
they didn't want to be with me in the video because they know that potentially a million or more people will watch that. Mm. So the suit has to be that good and they need to love me that much. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's very interesting. And you work six and a half days a week. You absolutely drain yourself. And I, you know, just a while ago, you brought up, you know, mental health. And mm. I know I, I've seen one of your video that you that was on your channel where you said that mm -hmm. you know mental health is not a big issue or something like that mm -hmm. uh, we see a lot of uh, you know young people talking about mental health awareness but i actually agree with you on that i think mm -hmm. we've become too soft and we just have to go through it i think we're blaming uh, you know these these problems too much rather than actually focusing on our work mm -hmm. i don't no. What I do know is that the world has lived for long. We're 2,000 years post-Christ. I don't know how many thousand years pre-Christ. Okay. Um, people had to work, brother. <laughs> they had to work to eat. And that's it. The people who are, who are complaining all the time, they're not working. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to suck it up. And I don't think I, I, I do I, I never said that I don't believe that mental health is an issue. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said I will only believe that mental health is an issue if an actual doctor, a mature doctor, mm -hmm. diagnoses someone. Yeah. Okay. And that's basically it. At the same time, I don't shit on people for mental health. I, it's just mm -hmm. that, you know, if you ask me, I love to eat steak. Lamb is not my thing. Pork is not my thing. Fish is not my thing. Okay. I'm a steak and chicken guy. Do you understand what I mean? I'm a hero's guy. I'm a handsome guy. I'm a beautiful guy. I'm a woman guy. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm a cricket guy. I'm a soccer guy. Okay? I'm not an ice hockey guy. Mm. I'm not a fat guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a, like a mental health guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, it's just, I, I, don't, you know, I don't know. I've got enough of my own fucking problems. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, all the answers are in your phone. You can self-diagnose yourself. If you are fat, go and lose weight. Change your diet and exercise. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and so this, 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 this drug now that you can inject as well, fucking will curb your appetite and so forth. You know what I mean? That's just gone globally insane and stuff. Bro, there's solutions to everything. Mm. People, humanity shouldn't give in so fast. Mm. You have to fight. There are gals all over India. People are starving. They don't have running water. They don't have toilets. Mm. And you have people in the Western world constantly talking about mental health. Mm. You, you understand what I'm saying? Have they seen the people in India starving? Have they fucking seen poverty? Mm. Have they fucking seen it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're sitting in the Western world complaining that they have mental health issues. They can't fucking go to work and, you know, the world doesn't love them. They need fucking pills. Mm. you got to be fucking kidding me, man. <laughs> right or wrong? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, but then you're, you're, I should get castigated for not believing that. I don't believe in it. There's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me believe in it, right? There's nothing you can tell me unless you show me an alien that... Mm. That that uh, that uh, that I, I I that you know I'm I'm not going to believe in it. There's nothing you can tell me that about the World Cup final that tells me that India didn't choke. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? The biggest fuck up in sporting history. You know what I mean? You're playing at home in that stadium. You've got what? Why weren't you fucking smacking the ball? Yeah. Don't give me a shit. It was a pitch, the pitch, the pitch. You know what I mean? You just fucking fucked up. You pussy down. You know what I mean? <laughs> you were scared. You didn't want to. You didn't want to be the guy. We needed a hero. We needed an MS Donny that day. Yeah. 
We need a Yuvraj Singh. We needed somebody to take the team on their back, on their shoulders. We needed a hero. And nobody stepped up. You know, there was a chance after Virat and after Rohit were gone, it was a chance for nine guys to be a hero. And not one of those nine guys stepped up. And even Rahul Dravid showed by not putting Sky in first. Okay, by, by demoting Sky or whatever. I think he put, I can't believe, not Yadav or... He put somebody in, um, the, the Punjabi guy, the all-rounder, in before uh, Surya Kumar. I mean, it's even the coach fucking choked. You know what I mean? He should have, you know, he's like, we're going nowhere. Let's put Sky and go and fucking blast the ball. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right? You can't tell me something, okay, without giving me fucking proof. All right? Yeah. You, you understand what I mean? But that doesn't mean I'm the poster boy for anti-mental health. I got asked mm-hmm. a question, I gave an answer, and that's it. You're asking me to ex- expand on my answer, I've just expanded on my answer. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. If anyone has mental health issues, I do. I'm fucking smacking guys' asses and showing it to the fucking world. I, I, I'm the fucking psycho here. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm, I'm working six and a half days a week when I have three kids. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm the psycho. I'm going to Dubai for vacation, the most expensive city on the planet, after losing my fucking pants, being locked in here for three years. You know what I mean? In, if anyone has mental health issues, I do. Okay. You're such an interesting guy. And uh, I have to conclude this podcast with one last question. I'm going to end it with a very vague, but a very important question. Uh, what do you think is the purpose of life? Okay. Okay. Let me answer your question by telling you, um, what is my only fear? My only fear is death and disease. Okay. I've been humiliated I, a plethora of times, scores, hundreds, hundreds of times, thousands of times I've been humiliated, okay? I've had my heart broken many times. Mm. I've been backstabbed so many times, okay? I fear death. I fear disease. I don't fear losing a hand or a limb. Obviously, I don't want to, okay? I fear blindness. I fear the loss of my voice the loss of my hearing. You know what I mean? These are the kinds of things that scare me. Um, I don't know what else there is to be scared about. You know what I mean? You know, the morbidity scares me, right? What is the meaning of life? And what is the purpose of life? I believe is cementation. Cementation. Do you understand what that means? No, I don't know what cementation means. Cementing yourself upon this planet in some ways, okay? Because Life is a blessing. Life is a blessing. It is a combination of science and God. Now, are you a father? No, I'm unmarried. I'm not a father. Yeah. So I'm a father of three. Okay. And any father of three will tell you there is a God. Any father of two will tell you there's a God. Any father of one will tell you there's a God. Okay. And, 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 Life is about cementing yourself, okay, onto this earth, onto this time. Because once it's gone, it's gone, Pratham. There's no current urjan here. We're not coming back. We're not coming back. Okay. Uh, and that's it. So, so I fear losing life. So me making the most of life for me. It's not jumping out of a fucking airplane. Oh, I didn't do this. It's not going to the Galapagos Islands because I didn't do that. There's no checklist or or bucket list. Mm. That's not the meaning of life. That's not the purpose of life. Okay? Wherever you are, okay, you need to do something. Mm. 
We need to think big. We need to be somebody. And you know what? The odds are completely against you. Because only one tiny, 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 tiny portion of humans, both now and in the history of the earth, have been able to cement themselves. But as a human, it's your responsibility to do so and in a positive way. And that is the meaning of life. Because life is a gift. You've been given that gift. You cannot waste it. Absolutely. I mean, that was so inspiring. And everything that you said uh, resonated with me. And I'm sure it will resonate with a lot of people who will watch this podcast later. Thank you, Roshan, so much for coming on The Labyrinth. My pleasure. Nina, I asked you a couple of questions. So what will you do with this now? Just You will edit this or you will just post the whole video? Will you cut up clips, shorts, post uh, to social media? So I'll put the whole video on YouTube as it is, just raw. And then I'll take uh, clips of it. Uh, I'll make, I'll put a few shots on Instagram. I'll add you as a collaborator and I'll be putting some of it on YouTube as well. And the, but the, the whole thing goes on YouTube and the audio of it goes on Spotify and Apple podcasts and all of those. Amazing. Spots. Yeah. Let me know what you need from me to push uh, the viewership. Okay. Sure. Yeah. And I've had a great chat. With, I hope you're happy with me. You know yeah, I, mean? I, I always yeah. want, I, I always want to give, you know, the person who chooses me to speak to them, you know, what they want. I hope you got what you wanted from me. It's yeah, important definitely. to me. I mean, I got a lot more, man. This was so interesting and this was so philosophical. I, I, I didn't think that you had this side of you as well. This was very interesting. Yeah. I, I, and, and basically, yeah. I mean, like I was at dinner last night. And so many people were complimenting me and stuff. And I, and, you know, I always say, said to them, I never use cheesy lines, but last night was the perfect opportunity to use the most cheesiest line always. Mm. When people were heralding my success, I was like, never judge a book by its cover. Mm. And all of you guys judge me that way. Mm. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Pratham, yeah. if you ever come to Hong Kong and you don't come see me, I will hunt you down. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. <laughs> you make me that promise now. You will come and see me. You promise definitely, me. Definitely. Yeah. I want to come to Hong Kong and I want to get gift wrapped by you. I need to I need to meet you in person. Okay. Yeah, sure. I've had a wonderful I've had a wonderful time talking to you. You're a very, very sweet guy. I wish you every success. And if you would if you're happy with me and if you would like to do this with me in six months' time, one year time, by all means let's do it. If you cut up some great clips, like fifty nine seconds or less. Yeah. We can co-host it together on Instagram yeah. uh, across both my accounts. DM me or email me. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you are thinking and I will guide you because this is my forte. And we can get you some great viewership. We can work hard together to build your viewership because you're a very sweet guy. Thank you so much. I mean, this means my a pleasure. lot. Yeah. Yeah. My absolute pleasure.